Okay, dope. Yeah, I, I have to. I have to. Maybe I'll ping you about that. I have blue stacks. Um, I actually am using my phone for this one just because recently I had a couple of issues with blue stacks, um, and I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to like cut out or whatnot uh, mid mid chat. So. Yeah, I'll have to bug you for that later. For sure. I mean, absolutely. I've had, it's been pretty smooth for me. There was just a time where I tried to launch spaces and the whole space just like launched and rugged. And I was like, oh no. And she just there rushing around trying to figure it out. But I mean, all in all, it works. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you guys oh, announced the, uh, the famous Fox event in NYC. That looks awesome. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah, we pushed that out. Uh, Sunday night, I was trying. I was trying to get out earlier Sunday because we did an announcement. We normally do two announcements a week, one on Wednesday and one on Sunday. And I was just waiting for um, Sidechain to finalize like the the token gating for accessing or registering for the event. And um, so I didn't actually make it live. Well, I didn't actually publicize it. I should say until Sunday night. Um, but it basically filled up. I, I believe last night, like we sold out. So. I'm trying to get like additional capacity for some folks um, and people are like DMing me trying, <laughs> trying to get in and stuff like that. So I'm trying to trying to manage that. And I, there's still a week and some change to go before NFT NYC. So it's uh, it's setting up to be a pretty solid event. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think every single NFT I've been NFT event I've been to up till now has always been overbooked <laughs> consistently. Yeah. And it's always messy. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, yeah, and it's kind of crazy. Like last year, like we, we piggyback off of basically a couple of other events um, that had gone on. I think I think the one that was like the most chill was with Matrica and Galactic Space Geckos, um, because like the venue that we were at was like more of like a bar type thing. Basically, what we're kind of setting up this time, um, but I don't really remember exactly how the whole registration process went for it. And um, I think with something like this, like having having side chain help with like the registration and ticketing and all that kind of fun stuff makes life easier but then it's also like more publicized for people if like you're not able to get tickets and stuff like early on so um so yeah so it's it's i don't know an interesting thing to be a part of and i'm not like super big on like party planning so trying to get all the ducks in a row for it um for ourselves which is pretty fun and, and portals is joining along with us um chris from portals reached out to, to try to um have a portals presence with us and we've always dealt well, uh, well with portals and all that fun stuff. So more than happy to, uh, to get them in there too. Yeah, Chris, Chris is a really nice guy. Uh, I got the chance to meet him in, uh, in NFT Paris. He's super cool. Honestly, it's like, yeah, the awesome. one thing not a lot of people know is he, he worked for us for boxes for a little bit. Um, oh shit. <laughs> around around uh, the yeah. beginning or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the beginning, um, until I think until Portals came out. I think it was around like uh, I don't know, it was September, October, until around like December. Um, and he worked for us, and then had switched over to Portals. And I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm getting harassed by Anne here. Yeah, I'm just I'm just working on finishing up a couple of bites of dinner or lunch, I should say. So I apologize if, uh, <laughs> if that's coming across well. Uh, no worries. Um... Yeah, when did, actually, I don't remember when the famous Fox Mint was. Uh, it was like September basically months. the end of yeah, it was the end of September of twenty one, uh, but we didn't mint out quickly, so we we had to pivot, adjust pricing, airdrop uh, foxes out to people, 
And so we didn't mint out until, uh, I believe it was either the 1st or the 2nd of October. I think it was the 1st of October. So we, we, we consider the 1st of October like our birthday, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's get into the more like podcast material stuff. Um, so more like back to you. How did you, how have you like, how do you, basically what was your background before crypto and how did you get, go from there to becoming like a, a co-founder of a whole NFT project on Solana? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, my background, uh, you know, honestly starting off when I was like younger, I've always been interested in like tech and math and, um, you know, tinkering with things. I've always been like a hands-on kind of person, but really wanted to get into based off the time when we were born, you know, we had dial up internet and MySpace and like all this other kinds of crazy stuff that most people don't even know existed um, now. And I've always been fascinated with tech. So I went into school for my undergrad was in electrical engineering um, and, you know, have always been interested in, you know, tech like things. I've always been a gamer, a video gamer. Um, you know, anything from N64 with like Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's like, you know, one of my classic go-tos uh, to, you know, RuneScape, which is on PC back in like 2006, 2007, which I know a lot of people from the space, you know, remember and were part of and still are part of to this day. Um, and then, you know, got into college for electrical engineering, you know, was interested in kind of a decent career in it, you know, primarily from just like a monetary standpoint. So I went into like a power track. I basically um, taught people how to run the electric grid for, for the most of the U.S., uh, which was kind of cool for about 10 years and have always been interested in like alternative finance on the side. And so was into like stock trading and option trading and then eventually learned about crypto, fell absolutely in love with it in like late 2016, early 2017. Um, and then the 2017 bull market happened. And it was like, it was like insane. Like I, the, the, I bought my first Bitcoins at like $865 um, before that rally happened in 2017. But coming from like the options world and not having like the whole mindset, uh, I sold most of them when Bitcoin rallied to like, $1,200, you know, because for me, a 50% gain in like a couple, couple of months was just unheard of. And um, ever since then, I've just always been very interested in like the alternative finances side, uh, cryptocurrencies in general, um, had watched in 2017, like CryptoPunks and CryptoKitties and all the stuff had come out. I actually thought people were crazy for <laughs> paying $50, you know, for CryptoPunks back when they came out. Um, and then it wasn't really, and, and then I just became more involved in like discord communities. Like that community aspect has always been there for me. Right. So like being a gamer, being in like these MMORPG games and having like guilds and clubs and things along those lines, like that community always meant something to me, but never really realized how it translated into like the NFT space. And, um, basically in 2021, um, part of a crypto trading community and, and had made a lot of friends like along the time uh, was there were a, a certain amount of people that were interested in trading crypto punks, but like kind of pooling funds together and they were trading crypto punks for like 11, 12 ETH when ETH was like $3,500 um, and they were making like one ETH profit per. And I'm like, why the fuck are these things 
thirty some thousand dollars when they were when they were fifty dollars back in twenty seventeen. Like, what what's going on here? And uh, really, just done like a deeper dive on it, and you know, kind of kind of could see the way in which like these digital collectibles, you know, have a way of changing so many different things in the world. Um, you know, to to many different capacities. I think a lot of the things that we see them as today are kind of more so for meme purposes, um, but they do rally, you know, like a certain amount of people and being collectibles and all that kind of fun stuff and just general history. Um, you know, th- there are certain value props for a lot of collections that exist today, but I think in the future, it's going to be much more streamlined, similar to how, you know, like Pokemon cards are or, or Yu-Gi-Oh! or any kind of Magic the Gathering, like those kinds of collectibles or even like old school baseball cards and things that have like decent value because of their scarcity, um, you know, which I, th- which I think is pretty awesome. And so that's really what got me into NFTs as a whole. And um, the, the two people that I started, you know, Famous Foxes with were just really good friends that, that I met through, you know, the similar ethos of being part of this crypto trading communities, um, you know, talking to each other more than I probably talked to my, my family and significant other, uh, you know, in, in our spare time and just like fucking around and doing different things. And we realized we could kind of make something different compared to what everyone else was making. Um, and so that's really where the... I'll say the idea for creating an NFT project came from and, and foxes are what we ended up landing on just because we were at a time where it was basically uh, <laughs> planet of the apes for a, a lack of better term. Um, everybody wanted to be the next, uh, the next um, board ape, you know, because that was the, the most popular thing around that time. It still really is pretty popular right now. And we wanted to be the foxes. We want to be different. And so, um, so that's really what what kind of started us up, if you will, for uh, for getting the foxes going. Was there like, because you, you obviously like the community side and trying something new, but did you have any objective, like something you really wanted to achieve with the famous foxes when you minted it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In all honesty, the the main thing we wanted to do is uh, utilize the tech. I, I think that's the one thing we're starting to see it a little bit more now where people are talking about, you know, the concept of marrying, you know, this the digital collectible that you have or NFT with the tech that exists on that specific chain. Um, and it gets lost in, in, in a lot of projects because for, for lack of a better term, like a lot of people just have different ways they want to develop their brands and that's perfectly fine. I think, I think that's really what, what brings a lot of fun to the space is um, knowing, you know, knowing the unknown of what what product could potentially be, and uh, at the time that we minted, first off, we we were planning on minting on ETH to start, and the main reason for that was that Solana seemed to be more of like a country club. It seemed very difficult to be able to actually mint on Solana. Uh, as an example, when SMBs first minted, I don't know how many people realize. I don't actually know if, if you know Pedro. Um, cause I'm not sure if you minted around that time. Uh, I'm actually, uh, not, I'm not hundred percent sure your, your, your character too. That's a, is that a thug monkey? No, no, no. That <laughs> it's an SMV. I got it. I got it right before FTX crashed. Okay. Okay. And, but you changed the like, background color on it, right? Yeah, exactly. Try okay. to make it consistent. Right. That's where I was. That's where I was thrown off. Um, but yeah. when SMBs had, when SMBs had minted, 
uh, people were sending two soul to a wallet, and then it was a manual process for someone to check that two soul was sent and then send them back an SMB. Like, there was no candy machine out. Um, and so, like, it was very complicated to be able to even create on Solana at the time. Um, and so we started marketing towards ETH, like, recognizing that there are similarities in communities to a certain degree. Um, and then once once Candy Machine was viable on Soul, we just pivoted completely. Our, our objective has always been to build utilizing the tech on Solana. Um, and so we just we just had the perfect opportunity. It was about two weeks in uh, from our marketing that we pivoted to Soul. Uh, as that that was kind of our plan the whole time. And um, and yeah, we just kind of we just kind of minted on Soul from there. And and we wanted to have you know a a utility token that actually had utility to it, you know, so we created VoxySwap was our very first tool um, and Ding was our tool after, but the only way you could use those tools was by using the token that was generated from our actual collection. Uh, we've changed that since just because of reducing friction on our platform. So there's other ways that those tokens are actually used within the blockchain that give benefits, you know, to the actual holders. Um, and it's primarily from the, the utility of the, the 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 platform, like our whole famous Fox platform, and having Foxes being able to FFFs being able to do everything for free or like the lowest cost possible based off of their activity, and then transdimensional Foxes having a certain amount um, of kind of uh, the benefit, you know, for themselves as well because they are a second collection of ours. Um, and so that, that was our main goal with creating the foxes is, is really kind of making it a trusted building brand within Solana. Um, and then on top of that, you know, basically leveraging that with a, a cute, relatable, non-gender specific, um, you know, PFP that people could, could rock and kind of rally behind, which I think a lot of people really do, uh, gen- generally, uh, genuinely like the famous Vox PFPs, which we're pretty stoked about because it's been a year and a half since we've minted and um, still still are in the top, you know, top, top collections that exist on Solana. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, you've definitely been successful in like getting that across, right? I mean, yeah. like everyone basically knows you guys for like the building and for everything you've released, all the products. Is there ever, like, was there a time where you really felt like, I feel like, was there a time when you really felt like you kind of managed to get that across and when you'd really hit the mark on people know us and people know what we do? Yeah, you know, um, I think, I think the biggest thing for me, like, like that, that point, uh, you you know, so to speak, was really when, um, like Anatoly, like like really a lot of these different events that you see other products kind of hit, like Anatoly changing his PFP or Raj changing his PFP to a fox. Um, you know, at, at, at its simplest form, right? Like these guys are running Solana. Uh, there are, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, uh, if not millions of users, right, that are within the ecosystem. There are, uh, I mean, at this point, you know, 15,000 plus NFT projects, there's a lot of DeFi protocols. There, there's so much that exists on Solana that, um, you know, organically catching that attention from the creators means a lot, 
especially for a multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, cryptocurrency that exists. And so that for me, I think was pretty awesome. Um, you know, again, primarily because like we, we don't pay people, you know, to use our PFPs and stuff like that. It's, it's all organic. It's all based off of what we've created. It's based off of, you know, the value that people see in the brands that we are and the tools that we've created, um, recognizing that it's, it's, you know, for the ecosystem as a whole, right? Like everything that we develop, it's not meant to be token gated behind, you know, our PFPs for everything. And it's, it's a country club that only certain people can get into. Cause once you do that and you just, you just add friction, you have less users. And, um, our goal is to have basically everyone on Solana using our tools, which, which we have, you know, a solid, solid daily active user base already, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. What I, like, like even like the NFT that I've used, like the thing for the podcast is now completely powered with Foximant, which thanks a lot for that, by the way, it was a lot of help. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course you're welcome. Yeah. That's, what, that's what it's all about. I think I'm going to have to, I have to relook at the actual like fee structure, but I might have to buy a Fox to, to make it all work. But Foxes have gotten to a pretty high price at this point, which is, yeah, they, they have. Help. Well, yeah. And that, that's the interesting part to it too, right? Is that, like it, it gets it gets it gets tricky to kind of manage once once NFTs get to a certain price range because um, I mean at its absolute core right there's only seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven foxes that are going to exist uh, you know some of which have been um, you know lost or or whatnot so I mean like there is like a relatively deflationary um, pro, you know. Uh, supply on the collection it's not intentional it just happens and um and with that i mean there's just uh, so many people that can own them so so from a utilization standpoint of making you know your life better as a creator uh you know there's only a finite number of creators that can take that benefit uh using it you know from a trading standpoint if you're big on using our token market uh zero percent fees you know with having a fox there Again, there's only so many people that can do that. And, and the more we like make our platform robust, adding in citrus, having you know 50% off of borrower fees for that, having raffles, having 50% off the fees for that. Um, these are just like like constant ways that a holder just gets continuous value, even if it's not us <laughs> rev sharing soul to their wallet directly, uh, but constantly being in the space and doing uh, you know, and getting that benefit like day in and day out, that's what really creates a lot of the value for foxes. And a lot of people miss that point. Um, you know, so like, that's, that's the one thing that's quite cool. And, you know, honestly, when you look at like our collection as a whole, the number that are listed uh, for both famous foxes and transdimensional foxes, the way we have our mission set up, like it's all part of this giant, you know, ecosystem that, that we've created so far. And it's just a really awesome thing to, you know, develop. And again, from a value prop standpoint is different based off of what you're actually doing in the ecosystem. So, I mean, obviously when you become the builder brand, 
the value that you're that there's going to be an immense amount of value that goes through the tools right especially as the like you continue adding more and more tools but would did you guys ever have a worry about floor prices or did that ever matter to you no yeah so 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 not at all um you know it it's i think i think the, the only time that i wouldn't say i was worried about floor price um, but the only time that I knew, you know, at least in, in my opinion, that uh, our value didn't match what the current price was for the total NFTs was actually immediately after minting um, and ca- catching the attention of like certain people in the space to be able to kind of pump and drive the volume up um, for for the individual NFTs. So like right out the gate, we went from, I believe it was like a one soul mint to like a 13 soul floor within, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. And I, we, we hadn't done anything to that point. Right? Like we have this, we have this larger vision that we're, we're planning on building out to, but we just minted. Um, so like, that's the only time where like, you know, I genuinely was just like, okay, well, we, there is a price differential here. I mean, even if it's, people that are here for, you know, the, the, the art or whatever, whatever they're here for, because we just minted, um, it's perfectly fine, but, you know, would, would definitely be able to call that our price would go down from that pump just because it didn't make any sense for it to, to be that pricing. Like it just didn't make sense, you know, if, if that's my way of phrasing it. But after that, I mean, you know, we went down to, I don't know, two-ish, three-ish soul for our floor. So it, it's always been above, like, our mint. And um, I think with the exception of, like, some FUD that happened, like, during our mint, I don't think anyone has ever sold for below our mint price, which is which is nice. And uh, after that, I mean, it really was just focusing on what we wanted to build. And, and the more value we were creating for people, you know, the obvious obviously it would be reflected within our floor price. And then of course you have just these other deviations with regard to supply and demand at certain points in time, because at its absolute core, I mean, a lot of our foxes get staked into missions or our V1 staking. So there isn't usually a lot of foxes that are out there for people to be able to trade in the first place. Um, so that's kind of, you know, essentially by design of what we've created for our actual project. But um but yeah, for the most part, I mean, it's it's been the trajectory that we've had for pricing has has kind of been determined based off of the efforts that we've put in as a project, which uh, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, I I get the uh, it, it must have been really surprising when you see that pump after mint, which is like at this point it gets kind of standard, right? You see an NFT like as long as it has a bit of hype, it pumps to hell and then it goes back down for a bit because realistically no one's done anything right, but I. Yeah, I remember and, and, those two soul times. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, even even looking at the time, uh, Soulsteads, which was one that I I bought, you know, a few Soulsteads into. I actually minted two, but when they when they okay. minted, they yeah they minted for 0.25 soul, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when they opened up for secondary sales, they were 25 soul. They went from a 0.25 mint to 25 immediately. Uh, which was crazy, and and that's when Soul was probably two hundred dollars, maybe maybe a little bit less. Like it was just the craziest thing. Yeah, that was an insane time. That was really the time where you like where money was just getting printed left and right. Printed, yeah. It's like, but yeah. I mean, I I remember when Soul when 
when the foxes were at two soul because i was in the discord and someone oh they were like yeah you should buy one and it was at a time where two soul was like a, a like important like amount of money and i was yeah like, like 400 bucks or whatever yeah yeah it was it was like it was really big for me at the time and so i'm like looking at it i'm like i can't i can't i can't afford this and then i saw i go to seven soul and i'm like fuck and then i saw i go to 15 <laughs> and then i'm sitting there like fuck yeah but yeah i mean is there because i think a lot of people well maybe not that many people but some people obviously like attach a lot of importance to the floor right and will definitely feel that like pride when they see it go up given you guys didn't pay that much attention to floor price was there anything else that was really making guys pushing you to do more and happy to be like creating everything you've been creating you know that like motivating factor the pride yeah yeah i mean in, in all honesty um a lot of it comes down to like general feedback that we get from people. I think like that's, that's really big in my opinion. Um, people just, you know, saying how, how their life has been changed, you know, for, for, for better, um, for what we've created and, and looking at, you know, some of the tools we've developed, like early on us creating our token market. Um, you know, I, I think we're coming up on, if I'm not mistaken, like 900 K soul worth of volume on our token market. Uh, that that is a tool that we created out of thin air for um, you know trying to help with the whitelist token meta and 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 SPL token trading that people want to do in a peer to peer trading platform like a uh, an order book style but primarily for the sell side. Um, so creating value like that is massive. The tools that we have, um, you know, t- talking to Daramola. Uh, you know, who is a very solid creator, musician in the space. Um, you know, he was doing different things with others in the in the space, like dev work wise, and he was paying thousands of dollars for them to do it. When our platform, you could do it if you owned a fox for free. <laughs> and so, and so, That's... like, there's yeah, so like, there's a value prop there where it's like, you know, if you're not that familiar with the tech you know, we might have a no-code solution for you depending on how much you're going to use it, even if it's once and people are charging you, you know, $100, $200 an hour, even for four hours or whatever. Um, you know, buying a fox right now, the odds are you're going to break even on just owning the fox alone. And after you're done using the tool, you can resell it maybe for, you know, 20 or $50 less than what you bought it for if you wanted to immediately sell it off after you've you know, use this thousand dollars worth of utility, you know, for what you were going to do. Um, And I find that to be massive too, right? Because there's a ton of creators in the space. Um, That's what the, that's what, you know, NFTs and and Web3 is all about. It's all about like owning your own thing, creating what you want to create, you know, having this decentralized nature to it, you know, and having no code solutions just enables people even more um to be able to go and do what they want to do so like a lot of yeah. a lot of those different like value props you know raffles is a little bit different uh, of course but super super popular for people and um you know just like the way that we've created tools and the way that it's benefited people even just doing like our our, our gamified staking um and all that kind of fun stuff like just having different fun mechanics that people can just latch on to and not worry about the price action of soul. Uh, you know, if you own a fox, you could still use all of our tools as you would, you know, based off of whatever the pricing was. 
Um, some things are cheaper than others, so it really depends on what your use case is. But for the most part, it's more so about knowing that it exists, being part of a fantastic community, um, and being able to just have access to you know, these tools without having to worry about like if it will or won't work or if it can be compromised from a security standpoint or anything along those lines. Like that's what we've, you know, <laughs> honestly, like, like, uh, like worked our asses off to become, you know, within the space and uh, it's not easy to do. And, and that's what I love, you know, really about our projects um, being involved in it. Is there a tool that like you would call your favorite? Oh, is there a tool and I call my favorite? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Our new Citrus, our new lending tool, Citrus, uh, I'm a huge fan. It, it's uh, it's our first like bridge into the NFT5 world. Um, I've, I've been active in the lending space for a while, uh, actually probably close to a year at this point. Um, and and yeah, so, so Citrus, it's just, it's so clean. It's very... You know, the advanced mode on it is very advanced, but it makes it like perfect for every user that wants to get into NFT lending, um, regardless of if you're an amateur or if you're a pro or if you're trying to, you know, find specific features like we have it all. Um, and if we don't have it, let us know. And we'll add it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'm, I've, I've always been big on like like yield farming um, you know, even from like the Binance shitcoin days and stuff like that. Like, I think there's a lot of opportunity for, um, for those kinds of services for one reason or another, depending on what side you have a preference for and having kind of full control over it, being able to make these like sophisticated, um, setups for something as simple as NFT lending, I think goes a long way for like the longevity of the tool and people actually using it more and having full control over what they want to do and all that kind of fun stuff. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Citrus, um, which we've launched uh, almost two months ago, which is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's been taking its fair share of, well, market share at this point, right? With basically the only competition being Sharkify at this point. I mean, what, what would you, what's your current take on the whole NFT file market? Which right now, like, obviously it's Sharkify and Citrus mostly. And then you've got, there was all that hype about the Wolf Capital Mint becoming its own aggregator, which we'll see how that comes to fruition. Yeah, I think I think aggregators have their place. Um, I, I think honestly, I, I would more so look at the way aggregation works from like marketplaces to determine how successful that may or may not be um, from a, a general platform. I, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those things where. I don't the, the 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 delta in value prop has to be worth it for the actual platform. So I think creating an aggregator in which there is no like inherent way for that aggregator to um, profit additionally off of what they've developed, I think creates a little bit of an issue. I'm not sure if that's entirely true for Wolf Capital, uh, but more so kind of looking at like marketplace aggregation that exists in Solana. Um, a lot of people are familiar with, you know, the more common marketplaces, Magic Eden, Tensor, HateSwap, uh, Elixir, um, so, so and, and Hyperspace. But, but when they go to actually do a purchase, like what's their go-to spot to get like the best price, right? Um, so that, that's where it gets a little bit complicated. So I'm, I'm curious to see how Wolf Capital does. 
But uh, yeah, my general opinion on NFT Fi is that um, I think we'll start seeing more sophisticated products. Uh, I, I, I do also know that the simpler, the better uh, for the most part within the space. So I'm, uh, I'm very interested in trying to be a part of as best as possible uh, the, the wave to capture attention from institutional investors uh, in that, that will potentially be there for NFT Fi if, uh, if the risk to reward is worth it, uh, which I personally think that it is. I, I think you have to build out that value prop maybe a little bit more for folks to kind of understand and, and include additional education for those that are um, participating from a more <laughs> degenerate mindset. Um, but I do think that in this space, the way that NFTs are inherently illiquid, um, having NFT five products is, is, you know, not necessarily quintessential for the success of NFTs, but I think it just creates, uh, a better ecosystem for everyone, um, with regard to how NFTs are currently created. And, 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 and the, the main point to that is when you look at mints that come out, um, you know, basically where, where that money is going, right? Like when a project mints, are they collecting 40,000 soul that, uh, that that's just going to get pumped into other projects? Are they collecting 40,000 soul and putting it into a bank account um, in order to pay employees and to build this platform and to build what they're trying to build? And based off of what they build, are they able to, you know, potentially capture attention outside of the current audience within the NFT space to bring in additional people that, you know, will help to kind of sustain the ecosystem. You know, I, I think those are like big questions for people to kind of think about because the more money that just gets extracted from the space, it's more so just, you know, these NFTs and things that get kind of transferred around from person to person. And there isn't as much value within the space that people think there is. Um, you know, e even looking at like D gods and Utes leaving as an example, people saying like, Oh, $190 million is, is leaving the ecosystem. It's not entirely inaccurate, but you wouldn't be able to sell all the D gods and all the Utes to collect $190 million right now. If everyone tried to sell them all, um, you know, you, you sell them like one at a time and however many, but you can only capture like so much value from it. So having, additional products that people can leverage and play around with and such in the ecosystem, I think will bring more interest from DeFi and institutional investors in the long run that will help out and, and make the ecosystem flourish a bit. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the, the comparison to Utes and D-Gods just reminds me of when people will tell you that like X person has Y net worth and that means they're super rich and that they can spend 100 mil, but when like all of it is in stock and they just can't sell that stock anyways. Sure. It's like, like, it's, it's, yeah. It's and, 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 so and, and a lot of times, yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, depending on what they have, right. I mean, if they have a lot of real estate, uh, you know, if they want to purchase another house, they just use their other houses as collateral towards that loan. Right. So you have like these physical items, but you don't actually have like the cash that goes, you know, from the actual value of those properties, to the other one unless there is like a liquidation like event if you will
Yeah, 100%. But so, to like, to continue on this, like, series of semi-hot topics of current NFT news, the other element of, like, NFT5 that's been huge is obviously AMMs, right? Between Hadeswap and also Tensor, Tensor. and the whole, yeah. yeah, obviously, and the whole advent of these points, which was more or less, not invented, but, like, pushed into NFTs by Blur, right? Do you have like any specific opinion on that? Because there's been so much back and forth on Twitter between those who say that it's been terrible, those who say that it just facilitates price discovery and that it's not actually making it any worse. Um, you know, I, I don't have like that much of a, of a sophisticated opinion on it. Um, at, at its core, you know, I think a lot of people that are in the space like to like to have like a prestige. They like to collect things. They like to get points. They like to be on the top of leaderboards. Like people are very competitive in, in nature. Um, if for nothing else, because sometimes they think whatever they're competing for will have like a value associated to it. Um, you know, just as an example, I mean, in, in a web two sense, I used to play clash of clans quite a bit. Um, and I knew people that would spend almost $2,000 a year on, on gems and whatever you'd buy on clash of clans because they wanted to have like the best everything, but they didn't want to spend a ton of time doing it. They're trading money for time. And, um, at the end of it, like the experience was still the same, right? It's just, people are paying crazy money versus investing crazy time to have the same kind of output. And, uh, you know, that, that is a direct value. I know that if I spend $2,000, I'm going to get $2,000 worth of value from that platform. But in this space, whenever you have a point system, uh, whenever you have some kind of like a reward system type thing set up, um, you know, some of these things, you know, might be associated to a token, like getting blur and, and, and the value of that token could go from, you know, 10 cents to a thousand dollars a piece. And, and you don't know at the end of it, like all this value that you might get from this activity. And so people are just very driven to do that inherently. I think, um, having systems in place for eliminating like wash trading just to get points is a good thing. But if at the end of it, it creates more fees for the platform, like if that's their main goal is to collect fees and they're giving out points for fees, it's no different than any other reward system that already exists in the Web 2 space. It's just being used in a Web 3 sense. Um, and they're just taking advantage of like insert project name here in order to have, you know, them be like the wash traded collection, if you will, for points and I mean, people are going to do what people are going to do. If they think at the end of the day it's going to provide a value for them, then, then you know, they're going to be degenerate uh, wash traders or what have you. And I've had a couple of people, like, DM me because, like, some activity is just super odd. Uh, I think in one case somebody was, like, constantly loading soul into a wallet and, like, flipping foxes but doing them at a loss for a total of like 625 soul and it just doesn't make any sense as to like why people are doing stuff like that um but if they think that you know these points or getting token or whatever is going to have a greater volume then people are just going to do it regardless so i don't know if it i don't know if it personally like impacts you know the price action of a collection or whatnot 
um, as much as like maybe hate swap does with having a bunch of NFTs just get dumped at one time by doing like their token raise for Hades. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think based off of what I've seen so far, it doesn't, it only really seems to impact those that are going for the points on those platforms versus like price action on NFTs. Yeah. That's a fair take. I think obviously that the traders are the ones that are most impacted by this because it's, it's very much geared towards them, but yeah, I, I'd probably argue it's been, people are making a bit of a big deal around it because people like putting the attention somewhere and, when your bags are down, you like to have somewhat of a scapegoat or something along those lines. But it is what it is. Um, back to like a completely different topic. I was kind of wondering because you mentioned that you were you had those engineering studies and that you were really interested in tech. But before becoming that like co-founder figure, were you ever in the founding position or in like the CEO type of position, or not at all? I was not. No, I, I, I've okay. not. No, I've never, yeah, never taken on like a, a more uh, ma- managerial role, if you will. I mean, w- with the exception of like small things that were not like primarily business driven or, or for profit, if you will. Yeah. Did how was that switch of getting into that position and being in the, more of a leadership role? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean. At its core, a lot of people, I mean, people work differently, right? And there's just different uh, strategies and structures and what have you with the way people operate. Um, I've always kind of had, like, I've always been competitive. I think that's that's one of my, uh, I don't know, positive or negative traits. Um, But but that can come across. And with that, you know, a, a high level of passion. Uh, within what I what I tend to get involved in, um, you know, it, I I try to be like more forward thinking and very big on critical uh, solving and 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 problem solving and all that kind of fun stuff. So, you know, being being in a leadership role and having um, you know a lot of people kind of understand what we're creating and kind of rally behind us and stuff like that, uh, you know, isn't isn't super difficult. I think the biggest thing for me is time management uh, is, is massive, especially in this space. And, um, and also like kind of resource management with regards to um, things that we do, you know, from, from a community standpoint um, and how we kind of interact with others in the space of, of being available uh, and, and willing to listen, but also to kind of have like a, <laughs> a firm grip on reality at the same time of, of being able to, to say no uh, for certain things and to also try to um, I don't know, ca- capture the perspective from someone on the other side and then try to relate to them so that way they understand like the point where you're coming from. And it, it happens very frequently with new projects or people that have like ideas where they're like, oh, you know, this is going to be the next best thing. And then they come to us and they're like, oh, we want to partner with you guys. We want you guys to build this. And you know, a lot of the times it's just something that that probably was tried to, to be done, you know, a year ago or a year plus, And now it's just coming back around in like a cyclic fashion like it normally will. Um, and just like kind of being able to be in a position to like to say no and, um, you know, to try to at the end of the day, like 
improve our brand as best as possible, make sure, you know, that, that we're well in touch with the space that we have decent connections, you know, being kind of in almost like a political role, if you will. Um, the Twitter stuff, I'm not the best, I'm not the best at tweet, tweet tweeting. Uh, I think a lot of people know that I try to be as active as possible on there and then try to find like family, you know, balance at the same time. You know, it's just a lot of like complicated things that, not a lot of people realize going from like a, a non-leadership role to a leadership role of just things you have to deal with, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. It's like the time management, you already have to have somewhat of a balance when you have like an, a normal job. It probably gets even worse once you have, when they're in that managerial position of needing to take care of people. And especially here where you're that much closer to community, right? Which I'm going to assume you're like, you have a fairly positive community. I've never seen a famous fox be like toxic about famous foxes. Yeah, no, our 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 community is is extremely positive and uh, very active and very you know I, I think like the general ethos that a lot of captured um, has been around like the the critical thinking and the solving and like trying to figure out like are there ways to build something better. Uh, you know, that utilizes like the, the, the tech of Solana, like that, that's just been the way, I mean, if you want to kind of put us into a bucket similar to like high school being like the nerds, if you will, (laughs) Uh, you know, the the nerds with a little bit of style to to our PFDs, Um, you know, and, and, and we do have like a unique sense of humor, you know, throughout our whole community. It's not for everyone, which is fine. Um, and it does kind of work, I'll, I'll say, from like the top down. But um, but really, you know, we don't we don't censor people. You know, I think like that's an important thing, you know, from a, a project standpoint. Um, we have consistent messaging around like what we've been developing and what we're creating and things we push out. Uh, we've got, you know, the speed behind it as well um, and the quality, which I think is, is more important than anything else. And so a lot of people just resonate with that. Um, you know, they, they love to kind of see the value prop that exists. They love to see the value prop that actually gets derived from it. Uh, a lot of foxes are very data driven, you know, so, so when, um, <laughs> I, I'd almost akin them probably more to like fact checkers when others post about specific, uh, data points and sets, you know, with other projects where foxes are usually one of the first few that jump in with like data and they say, okay, well, <laughs> this is what we see as compared to, uh, which is quite fun to see. I mean, it's just a way of kind of keeping everyone in check, uh, recognizing that that's what blockchain does best is having, you know, that ledger system where you can, you know, check the receipts or however you want to kind of phrase it. Um, and I think that's been like one of the more awesome things to kind of see from our community. And at the same time, you know, there's a ton of boxes that are creative. If you go to, um, you know, add a GIF in on Twitter or, or Discord and you type in Famous Fox Federation, like you'll see a ton of GIFs in there. Um, you know, super talented across the board. We have a music marketplace with Boombox. So there's a bunch of foxes, uh, maybe not a bunch, but a few foxes that are very talented on the music side and uh, more people that just try to, you know, um, spread spread the word of foxes like as best as possible and at the same time you know kind of represent us uh, on twitter and instagram and whatever platforms that people kind of resonate with i've, I've seen you know maybe a couple of people too on like linkedin <laughs> using using uh, pfps that are foxes which is quite fun 
Yeah. Is there, I mean, it seems to me that like much of what's happened around famous foxes has really happened because of the tools that you've built in the sense that you build the tools, people enjoy the tools. And so they end up, the floor ends up going up because people value the tools. And at the same time, you have that tool. So you build an ecosystem of people who enjoy that, which creates its own community, right? It Did you guys ever have any other incentives to try to push these or has it always really revolved around that tooling? Yeah, it's, it's always revolved around that tooling. Um, and, and we, we have, you know, a little bit going on the brand side, we have awesome art, you know, in general for our, our Genesis collection, our pixelated collection. Um, we've dealt a lot with one of one artists in the space for helping to create uh, our friends and foes our, our technically fourth collection that that is ongoing from a minting standpoint once we have pieces created from artists um and so we're very well in tune with with like that brand side but um but also trying to expand that more like recently we've hired in uh, someone to take the lead on instagram marketing um, and have been looking into ways of trying to improve you know like our actual brand outside i mean because we have a very solid ip that that can work well in a lot of different things um and it's just it just hasn't been like like the super you know main point of our focus um but at the same time like we have uh Nyauman that does a solid job on our uh, like banners and like you know foxes in a more uh, like realistic kind of scenery if you will and, and things that we created from an artistic side or that she's created from an artistic side uh, we've gotten 3D foxes created. Um, you know, shout out to Brink for for putting together like our district that we have in portals um, that just has like a lot of representation of like our dens that we have and our tools that are there and kind of bringing it all together into like the metaverse um, and then being able to use your foxes in portals and and other ways that people can kind of be creative with those different assets from a, a, a content creation side. I think is important. And, you know, I think like the next thing for us is figuring out how do we um, activate the community more around that content creation side to, to get people interested in, in, um, you know, creating content and kind of building out the brand from there, if you will. Um, Cause we have a really solid base around our tool set. It more so is now that we have that established, how do we want to like build the brand more, you know, of just the box IP and um, kind of grow grow that side of, of the, the project. Yeah, that's super interesting. I don't think most people associate the brand side to Famous Foxes, right? Because obviously it's never been the main point of focus, even though it's always been very consistent. But you mentioned Instagram, and it reminds me of Pudgy Penguins, right? Because I think they're the ones who are most known to be using Instagram as an NFT project. And makes me want to ask a question, is there any inspiration you guys have had when creating the Foxes, maybe before, maybe during, any projects that have really, I don't know, maybe changed the way you've built or kind of set an ideal or precedent, something like that? Yeah, I mean, fr from the from the art standpoint, um, our artists that had created the, the Genesis Foxes um, got a, like a good bit of inspiration from Cool Cats on, on ETH. Uh, you know, essentially from like that relatability side, but also to have like our own characters that are, 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 are similar to, um, 
outside of that, I mean, there are projects that have, have built, uh, you know, different platforms and things that like we've, we've admired, uh, you know, and, and some of them, or I should say almost all of them for the most part, like we've partnered with. Um, but really like we've, we've tried to set really like our own precedents with the way that we've created like quality tools and UI, um, within like our full tool suite. So I, I don't think we've copied anyone, you know, really from like the general design of everything we've created. Um, and, and a lot of what we have created, I always give credit to our community for, you know, I, I normally say it and you probably get tired of me saying it, but like two thirds to three quarters of everything we've built have been from the ideation side from community um, and improvements and all that kind of fun stuff, because at its core, uh, we only have so much exposure to the ecosystem, you know, as project founders, um, you know, with all the tools that already exist in collections that are out there. Um, so we might not see all of the pain points that exist that the rest of our community will. And so, um, you know, a lot of quality of life improvements, you know, are all from suggestions that foxes uh, push over our way again having that ethos of like being problem solvers and, you know, being in the space and interested in the tech and, and seeing kind of the longer, uh, the longer term, like value prop for building on Solana compared to other chains. I get that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think uh, the fact that you have a community that's so strong and that can help out that much is probably super useful and yeah it's yeah and, and, so... and that's yeah and I, I was gonna say i mean to your to your point there i mean right like that's that's like nine i mean it's probably even more than nine tenths of the reason that any person would want to build a project uh an nft project is, is having that closer connection to community uh, because at its core, NFT projects as a whole are, are basically startups. Um, the space is very startup, startup, like the vibes are really startup-y. And, um, for sure. you know, you have these other mechanisms out there too for like, uh, you know, GoFundMe and, and, and things like that where people can, you know, invest into these ideas as companies and things along those lines and get products and whatnot. But it's, it's a completely different look and feel as compared to how NFT community culture is within like the blockchain space. Um, and so it's just, I don't know, it's, it's just very different as compared to like traditional web two um, businesses, if you will. Yeah, of course. And the side of, you were mentioning that side of creation and allowing your community to kind of help out with the brand, but also you guys building out that brand. And I'm kind of curious, like, what are, in, in that trajectory, what are things you've learned? What are things that you value more in that process of creating a brand and creating something that's consistent and that people can vibe around? Basically, I guess, like, the lessons on branding that you might have taken from your experience. Yeah, I mean... Lessons from branding in general uh, always have kind of a, a consistent message with regard to what you're doing and like the, the, the actual um, way it's kind of announced and, and, and can be perceived on the other side. Having a very consistent message there, I think, is very critical for people, uh, for anyone that's kind of creating a brand. Um, having something that's relatable, recognizable, 
um, are all very important things. Like just as an example for us, like the orange circle emoji, uh, I mean, that really came from an idea that, that Brink had had for us um, of just seeing if it would work and, and stick. And it's something as simple as, you know, one icon for people to post about and to add to a name, um, but really to kind of be a lot more than just that. Um, I mean, it's, it's simple at its absolute core, but it means more, um, you know, for, for people that understand like what it does mean. And, um, aside from that, I mean, it's, it's always having kind of, a a bigger vision being open, open-minded and, um, you know, being willing to kind of say that, you know, maybe what you're doing the whole time isn't the exact right thing to do, you know, being able to pivot. Um, when, when you need to pivot is important as well. And, um, I think having a lot of connections with people, I think are very critical for a brand. Um, it's very difficult, you know, know, and I'd even go as far as to say like Nike and Adidas and all these other like really popular web two brands, um, weren't created by one person and and they're, and they're not ran by one, one person or, or a small team. Um, you know, these things take time. It, it's, it's a lot to kind of develop and creating a culture around it, um, adding in stickiness, however you can and getting people to want to advocate for you, I think are like critical pieces to a brand. And for us, you know, I think the biggest thing are just the ways in which we have different value props for people that they can, um, relate to and kind of stick with. Um, I think are, are very important for a brand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is there any, I mean, what would you say is the most distinguished brand and the one that's kind of built the best example of a brand maybe on Solana or on Ethereum really, but one example that you really think has been maybe something to learn from something that you find has been very successful at it just off the top of your head. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, based off of the way that we've done things and the way our, our IP is for our project. I mean, I think that the example you brought up is a good one. Uh, Pudgy penguins, I think is, is a pretty awesome one. I, I know uh, sunbirds down there, um, but Pudgy penguins brand and Luca and, and what he's doing, I think is, uh, is pretty awesome to see like the way they're going about, um, you know, kind of their, their brand as a whole. Um, it's again, very similar to ours being like cute and relatable and being able to develop like content that's wholesome and, you know, not web three specific and, um, I don't know, kind of having a strategy, like a, a, a multifaceted approach for growing a brand like that, I think is, is critical. Um, you know, all of these traditional web two brands already do that. Um, you know, they, they obviously have a lot more traction because they've been around for a while, but even new Web2 brands as well, um, you know, they always have like a, uh, you know, a Facebook campaign thing running. They have Instagram going, they have Twitter going, they have TikTok, um, they have, you know, Google ads and all this stuff. It's, it's all about like getting that exposure. Um, it's just different from a Web2 standpoint, um, or I'm sorry, from a Web3 standpoint, just because our audience you know, is not as large and there even is like that stigma that is associated between, you know, art, like a lot of traditional web two artists or musicians or, or even people that, that, you know, think they missed the boat or the NFTs are a scam or that crypto is a scam. 
So there, there's like just added friction um, on top of it that just becomes a little bit more complicated for, you know, Web3 brands to um, grow to like that same size as like, you know, most traditional Web2 brands. Um, but yeah, I really, I really admire the work that Pudgy Penguins is doing. Um, you know, big fan of, of, you know, their general approach, you know, it is some of the inspiration of what we're um, taking, you know, for like Instagram marketing um, and, and, you know, some like the, our brand development side, but, um, but yeah, I, I would say Pudgy Penguins would probably be my, uh, my answer for that. That the whole like marketing Facebook, all of that kind of reminds me, you guys have an ad on Brave, right? Uh, say that again. We have an ad on where? On Brave, the browser, because I'll swear oh, that yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. on open. Brave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, um, yeah. I mean, uh, Brave, the Brave browser. I mean, it's been a very interesting partnership that we've developed with them. Um, they're super awesome to work with, by the way. Uh, they, they, you know, were interested in getting into like the NFT scene some, and um, obviously having their browser and their wallet. Uh, that, that they can use uh, with Solana just adds to like their suite of offerings. And um, yeah, they had linked up with us for um, I think for a few different ideas uh, that, that they were working on trying to ideate on things. And um, you know, just based off of who they had as like uh, current partners for like paid promotional spots and all that kind of fun stuff. Um you know, that kind of like dropped out. They were like, Oh, you know, we could run, you know, famous Fox ads, you know, if you guys are interested in like different time slots and things like that. And, uh, we're all for it. And, you know, we've helped them out with a few things and, and vice versa. So I'm a huge fan, uh, huge fan of brave and their platform. Um, and yeah, every, every once in a while, you'll see some, uh, some famous Fox ads on there. Yeah, I can't tell you the surprise when I first launched Brave one time, and I just see Famous Fox, and I'm like, "Wait, wait a fucking minute!" <laughs> isn't that cool? <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. It really cool? is. Yeah, it was so yeah. surprising. And you guys are still the only ones there. There's no other NFT that's there. I think, anyways, not that I've seen anyways, but like, it's awesome. Yeah, I think, I think they, I think they might have worked with a, a couple of others. Um, but but yeah, I think I think we're probably one of the more uh, uh, prevalent ones on there. It's awesome. It's really super cool. Um, yeah. Is there, because you guys have done very many partnerships, right? I've seen it. I mean, off the top of my head, obviously Brave, Boombox, now Portals. Is there like, is that important to you guys? How do you like view partnerships and how many you want to do, the quality of the ones you want to do them with? In your experience, yeah. it's like, what's the... Yeah, it's it is massively important to us. Um, I, I would I would even go as far as to say, like from day one, um, partnerships have been super critical for us. Um, you know, pre mint as an example, and and it's obviously true today with again different tool sets like Subber. Um, but but back in the day, I mean, when we were pre mint, we would link up with other communities that are minting. We'd offer you know. To, to give a, a famous box, a free famous box to someone from their discord um, that like joined a giveaway and vice versa on ours. Um, 
And so I think before we minted, I want to say we had 40 some partnerships that like we had already dealt with, you know, for, for giveaways and trying to co-mingle communities essentially. Cause like that was the only way to really do it back in the day. Um, and I want to say like our conversion rate from, um, from doing like those co-minglings of communities was almost 75% for actual minters, uh, which honestly is massive um, in, in, in any regard. Uh, and the, the only reason why I, I have an idea of that number is because we had given out custom roles to people that came in. So that way we had an understanding of where people were coming from. Um, and like one in particular was like from YouTube uh, that he created a couple of YouTube videos for us and, and we had like this special role for them. And eventually we like kind of reconciled all those roles into one. And as I was going through like changing people's permissions um, for them, like, you know, 75% of them had our Foxy Dow role, which you can only get from Matchco by owning a famous Fox. Um, so like that, that was massive. And that's from the pre mint side um, post mint. I mean, the fact that like our utilities exist and connect in with nfts like well uh you know nft lending on citrus and having specific collections you know approved in there that are, are liquid and and have um you know decent decent pricing action and such to them um to foxy swap and getting collections approved on there and communities reaching out to us directly to make sure their collections are onboarded onto it um to you know Foxy Mint to airdropping to, to snapshot. I mean, like our tools, I mean, since they're so well used in the ecosystem are, are well ingrained in, in other communities. Foxy swap is a recent example. Um, until last week, we didn't have PNFT support for Foxy swap primarily for the reason that PNFTs existed in the first place. And, um, you know, once, once okay bears and Klanos both switched over to the PNFT standard, uh, you know, they, they hounded us enough and we went back to Metaplex and we said, you know, basically if we add Foxy swap with PNFTs, like, are we going to get blacklisted from our programs? Um, and, and at the end of the day, the, the answer was no, because if people from a collection standpoint, don't want their communities using Foxy swap, they can deny list our program, which, which at its core is like the main reason of going to PNFT standards. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say we got a lot of pressure for it, but there was just interest in a need from these other communities because of how often people were already using our tools. And then then that one day just going away because the project switched over as PNFT standard. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, co collaborations are critical, uh, you know, for us and I think really a lot of projects in the space. And um, there will be things coming out too, like us partnering up with communities for, you know, tool offerings that we have and being able to kind of support those other projects as well. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, with like the, the, the whole royalty situation with PNFTs and people still wanting to have fun, you know, like with their NFTs and different like NFT five products that exist, uh, we want to make sure that projects are still being supported some, um, you know, if their communities are using our tools. And so, you know, we'll have some other kind of things coming out about that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, partnerships with others within the, the, the ecosystem, it means everything. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really big on that. Talking about the, the PNFTs thing, was it like 
what, what were your thoughts on that? All of this whole royalty story that started with Yaw, and it's kind of somewhat coming to a close with PNFTs, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so it's so, like I don't know. It's it's very interesting when you look at the general history for PNFTs. Um, Foxy Swap. Which, which I don't think was a major catalyst for it, if I'm honest. But Foxy Swap, or peer-to-peer swapping platform, uh, came out, I believe it was in November of 21. Um, and and, and th- there, is, there is a uh, purposeful amount of friction <laughs> to a peer-to-peer swapping platform. Um, you know, the reason we didn't create something like, like Y'all was because it doesn't make sense in a in an ecosystem that is going to thrive in the long term um and so once y'all came out i mean it did take uh, a sizable bit of volume from foxy swap because now it's less friction by nature like that's going to happen um and and, and so you know i'll say that y'all became the bigger target compared to foxy swap um, I think until around like the June timeframe of last year of 22, um, because basically what happened in 22 was with D God becoming like super popular and their floor price going crazy. Like we had uh, conservatively um, half the D God volume being done through Foxy Swap, and That's and with their yeah with their and with their I mean and in honesty I mean even to this day. Um, we're probably anywhere from 10%, probably at a minimum, uh, to more than 10%, uh, of NFT sales, like done via Foxy swap. Um, but, but, but people do it for different reasons, right? Like sometimes people just want to, you know, reduce the fees on what they're doing, but they go through this whole process. It's not a marketplace. You have to find a person, you have to, come to an agreement on pricing and you have to go and use the tool They have to go and accept it. Um, that, that friction exists because, you know, it's not meant to be this high volume platform that people are going and doing every NFT buy and sell there. They're doing specific ones and they're also trading, you know, especially post mint. If I get, you know, a one of one and I'm interested in having, you know, six NFTs from that collection versus the one of one, um, or five, I should say, because technically they're just regular NFTs. You can have six in a transaction. Um, you now have that option to be able to trade them and go one for the other. And, and you know, from a, a project standpoint, like you're still keeping the same community. Um, you know, there isn't a level of liquidity that you're missing. It's just now the person that got six NFTs, maybe they're going to go sell five of them into a marketplace. And, and, and now you get more volume from it that way and, and potentially royalties and all that kind of fun stuff. So, um so anyway, so FoxySwap became more on the radar around that June timeframe. Um, and then, you know, based off of the volume that was starting to leak out of Magic Eden into, um, you know, other platforms that were going 0% or optional royalties, uh, you know, they decided to go optional royalties for Magic Eden. And that was kind of just a slow spiral into, you know, projects having to try to figure out, okay, well, how do we still maintain relevance and get some level of liquidity because now, you know, for the most part, the lifeblood of most collections had gone away uh, or or was significantly reduced, you know? 
ours included, but, but, you know, we have a platform where people, you know, pay fees to do certain things. So, you know, based off of what we had created, like we weren't in the same position as everyone else, but you know, that's just by design of us building out our platform. And so, um, and so and PNFTs were, were born it's not a, it's not a, a perfect system by any means. Um, it's super controversial, or at least at the time it was as well, because people don't have to do anything, um, as a, as a holder, um, and then all of a sudden one day your NFT just becomes a PNFT. And, and so, you know, there's like a, a social contract that existed before, uh, you know, when you purchase an NFT and maybe you paid 0% royalties on it. Um, but now that social contract doesn't exist anymore. Once the NFT is a PNFT, because now the actual collection is the one that kind of determines like where your NFT can or can't be used, um, which for the most part, um, I don't think there are very many projects that have like long denial lists for programs that their NFTs can't be used in. So this, this more so was a play to give creators the control to, to basically, you know, magic Eden and insert other, um, insert other marketplaces, you know, that do, you know, significant volume for collections to enable royalties again. Um, so that way projects are able to collect on royalties versus having, the option to not and only get, you know, 20, 25% at best um, of the royalties from sales from their collections. And so that's kind of where we're at now. Um, some things, some fun things that people don't know about PNFTs is that, that they are, they're larger. Uh, their actual file size is larger. So um, us adding in PNFTs to FoxySwap last week, uh, you can only do at most two PNFTs and two regular NFTs in a trade. Uh, that doesn't mean you can do three PNFTs. It means you can do two PNFTs <laughs> or you can do one PNFT and two NFTs in a single trade. You can add sold on one side or the other. Um, but until until Solana increases the transaction size, we can't add more NFTs or PNFTs, I should say, to a single transaction. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like with that, um, in other complicated products such as mortgages, um, there are different uh, our, our mortgages are from our, our lending platform citrus it's basically like a buy now pay later you can put like a down payment on an nft if you will um and then take a loan out for the remainder and then pay it off if you want to own the nft or you can actually sell it into a liquidity pool if the price action goes up or down and you want to exit that position um but in in the case of certain marketplaces the file size is larger so uh, you might not be able to do it in one transaction. So we're working on crafty ways of getting around that. Um, but yeah, PNFTs just make things extremely more complicated from a builder standpoint um, for, to for tools, which is why, I mean, for some tools, people saw it take some time for, um, for projects to integrate PNFTs into tools they've created. And uh, it's also the same reason as to why most projects, I believe, that have PNFTs do not have staking mechanisms for them yet. Again, because they are uh, a complicated beast with regard to what their actual code looks like. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate that the standard becomes that detrimental to actually building tools and everything. But at the moment, I don't know. I, I don't actually know if there are any figures on how much, how many collections have transferred slash minted as PNFTs compared to those who are remaining normal NFTs. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have the exact number for you. Um, I know that 
in in Metaplex's uh, or on Metaplex's website, they do have a PNFT migration tab. Um, at least from like a stat standpoint, I know there's over fifteen thousand collections um, t- total on Solana. I don't know how many of them are relevant, <laughs> so yeah, so I think it's, it's, you know uh, yeah I, I think it depends I think it depends on um, how how you want to quantify like that transfer over um, to, to the PNFT standard with how many collections exist out there. Um, but I think at their absolute core, like a good bit of major players, uh, you know, Utes and D gods recently did it, you know, with regard to their paper handed bridge tax. Um, and, and like I mentioned earlier, okay, Barris, Klanos, um, there's a lot of projects that have switched to it. There are even some that had switched to magic Eden's, uh, a royalty enforcement program as well. Cause oh, I know magic. Eden, yeah. yeah. Yep. The, uh, nomadic Eden was working with some programs on that um but that that's a whole different beast from a control standpoint so um i think a products a lot of projects that have gone that route have uh opted to transfer to pnfts um so yeah so so i guess it's a long way of me saying that i don't know if i know an exact figure either but um there have been a decent bit of the more popular collections that have transferred over to pnfts yeah, it was definitely my impression that while there might not be that many that have done it, the bigger names have already switched to it. And, yeah. um, and I mean, at, at the end of the day, it ensures more royalties. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't, I don't necessarily know. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good from, I think it's good from a, a, a project standpoint, you know, because again, I think the, the main thing to think about with it is, um, even when NFTs were created originally, right, the regular NFT standard, um, it's a social contract that those were created under that people would expect to pay royalties for secondary sales. It's it's one of like the major value props to even uh, have NFTs, you know, at, at their absolute core for what a project is creating. Um, and so when you look at like the breaking of social contracts from a marketplace standpoint, with significant volume that could cause, you know, damage to the actual creators. Um, I, I think it's a good thing for creators to have more control over that. It, it's actually been like the bigger reason that there was um, like a, a founders council put together that has, I don't know, somewhere to the tune of like 15, like top tier projects that are founders within the Solana ecosystem to get like a larger voice, you know, for NFTs as a whole with regard to like Solana um, and like the foundation and, and to also like talk to each other about what we think, you know, about the, the PNFT stuff and, and marketplaces and optional royalties and how it's impacting, you know, projects and businesses and wanting to create on Solana. Um, and so like, it's a good thing to be able to have some level of control because, you know, if you look at like web two world, uh, you know, if, if someone is creating a widget and, you know, someone else goes to like knock off what you've created, you can, you know, sue them for patent infringement, um, and all that fun stuff. So that you have other means traditionally to be able to, um, monetarily, you know, get back what was taken from you from a business standpoint, but with regard to like royalties and marketplaces, you don't and so the only way that a collection has any control is if there's a deny list that um 
that that projects can just say i don't want our our nfts used in program x y or z for whatever reason and then they have you know the community to come after them and say hey we want our collection to be used on insert marketplaces name here and you know a project can have a voice as to like why they removed that from you know the nfts being able to be used on it and what it kind of means for them really going forward so i think it's like very powerful to have for projects especially in a space where like you know it it seems like even the most popular projects like voice doesn't really mean much well speaking about that group chat is it how much of a net benefit do you think it's been for the uh for salon as a whole because i I find it really cool that you have that kind of contribution and that like dialogue between all the top projects but at the same time i feel like some smaller projects would might might feel a bit you know maybe rejected from like the clique or something that they don't get to participate in those conversations and don't get to have a voice there yeah no i i i i uh I definitely see that perspective and, and there have been people too that have asked, you know, to like be a, be a part of this group. And we have added people, um, you know, one of the, one of the major concerns, right. That I've seen with um, honestly, many of the founding discords that I've been part of uh, the, the other like telegram chats that I've been part of, or um, you know, like these larger groups of like builders or protocols and things like that is that, um, you know, once you have too many cooks in the kitchen, uh, it becomes less and less valuable, uh, you know, and, and I think, too, from like it's it's, you know, general nature for how it was created is that it's it's not for for like the Founders Council to go against the favor of other NFT of smaller NFT projects. Right. It's having like the general ecosystem in mind with regard to anything that does come up. And in all honesty, you know, we've had like one talk with, um, with Solana, you know, a little bit, and then we more so just kind of chat on the side around like different things and how they can potentially impact, you know, NFTs such as like the PNFT standard and people migrating over. And then if people are having issues with like staking or whatever else, like if there's, you know, ways they can like tag in and ask for support, because, you know, at the end of the day, any problem that a top tier project has um, you know, it's going to be a problem that exists for anyone else in, in the ecosystem. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's ever been like any major decisions. I mean, honestly, we haven't really made many major decisions at all, um, you know, that have impacted like Solana as a whole, but it more so is just to be able to have like a voice, you know, if needed for whatever reason, um, you know, especially to try to get more attention from Solana you know, to, to help out in one way, shape or form for representing NFTs, um, because we are a very sizable portion of like what the activity is that exists on Solana. So I think like at that core, like at that, that point, you know, there's a lot of good things that come out of us having a group like we have, and, and we have been adding people to it. Um, it's been slow and steady, but again, on, on the point of making sure that it's valuable, and um, like the voice essentially doesn't really get drowned out by having kind of too many people in there um, and then nobody wanting to kind of listen to them. That makes a lot of sense. The not wanting to drown others out. Like obviously when you have a, the town hall is too big, everyone's screaming at the end of the day and no one's yeah. being heard. But yeah. 
mentioning the like ability to reach out to Solana, do you guys have a direct link to Solana Foundation? Are they open to that kind of communication or not yet? They are. Yeah, they are. Okay. Um, yeah. The, the, most, most, not maybe not most, but like a lot of, of projects that have been around for a while, um, especially within like the top, I don't know, let's call it like top 30 projects or so that exist from like a, a let's call it a 30 day volume standpoint, because it's probably the best metric to use. Um, should have some level of connection to uh, Solana, what, whether it's through Foundation Labs or um, uh, their investment arm, um, which which escapes me off the top of my head. But but yeah, you should you should Solana have like Ventures. some Solana Ventures. Thank you. Uh, you should have some level of exposure to to them. Um, if you don't, like definitely would encourage like reaching out <laughs> um, because because they're definitely responsive. It can be mixed based off of, of what you're trying to do. Um, but but yeah, they are definitely open to uh, to listening from us. And um, I think one of the more important things, too, is like, you know, making sure that we don't have like a meeting every other day right because eventually like those meetings mean absolutely nothing but having the ability to be like okay you know like we're gonna have like maybe a monthly call or a quarterly call or something like just to have a finger on the pulse and you know a a face to talk to um and and, you know to, to kind of get through these problems i think is like critical for the nft ecosystem as a whole 100 yeah i I've always enjoyed like the seeming connection that there is between the team from Solana Foundation and the projects that work on the chain. Because obviously, if you feel encouraged by those people, it's like you were mentioning earlier, the fact that they changed their profile picture to a famous fox, right? It's super encouraging. And it's probably really useful to have that connection and to be able to push yourself further. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, you know, me mentioning that is more so the fact that, like, you know, the, the, the actual people that created the tech, like, know we exist, right? So, like, that, that I think, is just, like, super encouraging because, um, you know, you don't, you don't know what level of reach you have to, to who in the ecosystem and, and why they're going to care about it, right? Like, you know, I, I can't just go to you and say, hey uh change your change your monkey picture to a fox uh you know i'm, I'm sure i'm sure i'm sure there'd be a lot more uh, conversations to figure that out or if one day you decide that you know your monkey picture doesn't represent you as a brand anymore or your web3 identity if you will um that you're looking for something else but send you know like i said before <laughs> send you a fox you'll do it um but yeah, I mean, like, there's there's fifteen thousand other projects out there. You know, we, we we're not the number one by volume. Um, you know, there's, I mean, before D Gods really had migrated over to ETH, I mean, like, there's other projects that are significantly higher in, in, in floor price and volume and what they're creating. And so, like, you know, it just it just means different things to different people to try to, um, you know, I'll, I'll say even convince them to talk to you, let alone like actually have them change. You know, their their PFP, you know, which is very personal, especially for Twitter, um, you know, to something different. And, and especially with Twitter's rules only verified accounts and stuff, like you have to wait a whole week before your blue check mark comes back and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's like super, super interesting to me, but at the same time, um, vindicating for what we're actually creating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think on a more personal 
standpoint and, and on, on a completely different topic, I was kind of wondering where I think where do you see yourself in regards to the whole sauna NFT space? Because obviously right now, co-founder of Famous Fox is leading one of the biggest projects, right? But what are you as a person aiming for? Are you aiming to continue with Famous Foxes for the foreseeable future, bring them to number one, or continue with the uh, with the tooling, focus on the brand? What's your what's your objective basically for the coming months? That the driving purpose? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think this year the the biggest thing is um, is driving you know our brand more uh, is figuring out ways like I mentioned like us getting into the Instagram game. Um, figuring out just different ways we can kind of activate our community, get uh, more, you know, educational content out there that I think will be super helpful, get more fun content out there, you know, for people to kind of relate to. We recently had launched like a, a short little clip um, of like Foxton and, and we, we did that with Jensen graphics, uh, visual effects, I'm sorry, um, for kind of just representing foxes in like a fun atmosphere, but also kind of ties in a little bit of like raffles and, and uh, foxy swap and our like fame leaderboard um and and you know positioning ourselves well for the next bull run that comes around and being you know one of the uh, top brands within the space you know i th i think there's always going to be an ebb and a flow for you know top brands that exist and and i don't know if I would associate like the actual floor price for like a valuable brand, I, I, you know, that, that gets, I don't know, complicated if, if I'm honest with you. Um, but definitely, you know, I think the thing we've done well so far is, is a year and a half in uh, being as relevant as we are as a, a project and a brand and what we've created and just making sure that in the future we're positioning ourselves well. Um, so that way in the next, bull market you know and beyond like we're a household name if you will i mean granted not we can't be in like everyone's household based off of our collection size but um but at least being like on your favorites tab or uh when you type f on your keyboard like the first thing that pops up is like famousboxes.com i think is like the one of the, the bigger things like we're working to get to for this year yeah 100 percent. that i mean very much looking forward to that and obviously famous foxes it's one of those things where you have a simple vibe and everyone already knows you for what you do so it feels like branching off on that brand is it's not like i'm not i'm not gonna say it's easy but in the sense that it makes a lot of sense and there are so many avenues to go about it and make it work which has got to be very very interesting and fairly exciting because it's something new to you guys right Oh, it, it's mega exciting. Like the one, the one thing that I love is, uh, how, like, I'll say like how well Nyaoman has been able, like, like I use Nyaoman purposely because she's, she's helped us out a lot for creating like art banners and things for our project, but how much he's been able to capture like the essence of foxes, um, you know, in this like cartoony fashion that is, like super fun and vibrant and, and just a way that I know um, adds a lot, you know, to like our project. So like that's, that's the one thing for me personally is just um, being able to have fun with what we've created. Cause at the end of the day, you know, any project that's up here um, or any project that exists in a space, you know, if, if they 
get bored of it, you know, or, or with the, the market being as shitty as the market is like them stopping to care about what they're creating um, or thinking that, you know, they're, they're not going to be relevant or whatever in the foreseeable future based off of X, Y, and Z happening. Um, I, I think, I think that's where like a lot of the fun, like gets kind of pulled out of the ecosystem. And uh, once that happens, like, you know, it's just a matter of time until everybody just stops in it and goes off and does other things. But I, I don't think that'll happen for NFTs. I think, you know, just the inherent collective nature of NFTs, um, the, the way in which communities have really developed uh, behind NFTs and having fun with it and, and giving extra value on top of actual utility for some projects, I think it just has a lot more long-term stickiness than what a lot of people probably assume with NFTs being digital collectibles and such. You know, thinking back on like the crypto punk days when they were $50 back in 2017 um, and how they went up to, I don't know, probably half a million dollars minimum um, in, in, in 2021. So it was just absolutely crazy. That makes, yeah, it's great. And so more on the side of you, not, not so much famous foxes, but you personally, what do you think is going to be your goal, your personal goal leading into famous foxes in the sense that is there anything that you want to like, how do, how do I, I'm not too sure how to, how to put this, a more of a lasting goal that you want famous foxes to really have on maybe people and as um, I guess, yeah, that kind of a bigger overarching goal of the impact that you can have instead of what you want to create with famous foxes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it does. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question with a, a simple <laughs> answer that, 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 that probably, that probably at first you're just going to be like, oh, okay, well that's, that's fun, I guess. Um, but realistically, like I, I would love it if I could wear uh, any of the Fox merch stuff that I've either bought, bought that we've created or bought that I've created um, into public and have somebody walk up to me, not at an NFT event uh, and say, Oh, the, you know, famous Fox is like, you know, like, like just to have that like recognition from a brand for the, 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 I'm going to say the masses, but I don't necessarily mean the masses, right? Cause I, I don't think a lot of people will really pay attention to NFTs for a while. Um, but just to have that brand recognition for wherever I'm going, whenever I'm wearing Fox merch, uh, I, I think is a, is a, a massive goal for mine, um, from a brand standpoint. Cause once, once you get to that point where it's relatable and people, you know, point it out in public or like, we'll chat you up because of it. And it's not because I'm Drax. It's just because I'm wearing, you know, uh, a, a famous box a piece of merch um, would be massive, massive, massive. So that that's what I would love to to get to, um, which I know is probably a little more of a simpler answer. Um, but I think that that, you know, would speak well to the brand and what we've been trying to get to uh, with boxes or working to get to, I should say. That's a great answer, honestly. I mean, I when you're building a brand brand i don't think there's obviously there's like the steps further on but that's probably the first time you're like holy shit this is really yeah. real it's huge yeah. right yeah yeah i mean it would be that would be great and especially i think it's it's so much it's really cool on the front that like 
if Famous Foxes makes it that far, it means everything else is also making it quite far too, right? Because it's gonna if Famous Foxes works, I feel like it's a good sign for Solana. It's a good sign for other NFT projects. It's, it's always great news. But well, so, you're yeah. I think it depends. I'll say it depends. I will agree with you yeah. for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I think it depends because I, I think if 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 some brands are able to go like more mainstream than others, um, people might recognize them as famous boxes. They might not recognize them as being from Solana uh, or, or being you know part of blockchain or actual NFTs. So they're like it, that's kind of like what Pudgy Penguins has been working on as well. Um, people might know of Pudgy Penguins, but they might not know that they're in an ETH-based NFT project. Um, so I, I will agree with you, yes, but uh, the caveat is there that certain brands might be um, recognized as brands, not necessarily that they're tied in roots to NFTs and Solana specifically. Um, but in the, in the absolute long term, uh, absolutely, uh, being recognized and, and being associated with Solana and, you know, kind of the tech that exists within blockchain for NFTs and all that fun stuff, I think would be uh, pretty awesome to also be recognized at the same time. I don't know how soon that would be, um, but every bull cycle that happens, more and more people stay in the space. And so, you know, this term of mass adoption is is kind of more of a meme in my personal opinion. Um, but every time we go through these cycles, there is more and more interest um, that comes into the space for um, people for a plethora of reasons, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, obviously on the other side of the spectrum, even if people aren't associating it to Solana, if people go further, right? Yes. Is, yeah, it's always back to the Pudgy Penguins. If you look at their Instagram, there's no mention of NFTs or digital collectibles. But if you actually just click on their profile, look on the website, bam, you're already looking yep. at the word NFT, right? Yep. And I mean, it's, it's its own thing. And so do you see yourself being with Famous Foxes? Is there like, is this a long-term goal for you to continue continually pushing Famous Foxes? Or is there ever a time where you'd hope that maybe it's like fully fledged and you can exit it or maybe take more of an advisor or laid, more of a laid back role? How do you see that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't put too much thought into that because, you know, I, I know uh, that we're not we're not done with what, what we want to create. Uh, so, yeah, I, I for the foreseeable future see myself, you know, um, being in the same role that I am with Foxes, you know, hopefully uh, expanding our team some and, and, and getting, you know, more exposure into kind of different different um, facets. Like I mentioned, you know, with us get, branching off into Instagram and such. Um, but really trying to to you know bolster like an A plus team um, for what we've been creating with Foxes and to kind of continue on the path that we've been um, creating and, and honestly seeing what opportunities uh, kind of kind of push their way in, in the next bull cycle um, outside of what we're already kind of positioning ourselves with and trying to get into different pieces. So um, yeah, for for the foreseeable future, I am I am planning on being full time Foxes. So. Uh, it's super super exciting yeah i mean i think it's awesome i it's such a interesting and fast-moving industry that's like a lot of the people you'll talk to that work in this are always super excited about how much how much opportunity there is and how special it is compared to other things and it's a bit uh, like armani from mad lads was speaking about mm -hmm. how it was 
very much cutting edge to a certain like and he was he could really have a chance to build something new and yeah just thinking about that because he was also mentioning a lot about the creator side and allowing people to have their own dude like everything around creation content yeah and web3 and all that yeah and 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 there's there's so much opportunity right like I think the the one thing that I think is critical for people that are, are listening in um, is is just around like whatever you want to do, right? Like I think that's an important thing is you don't have to start a project. You don't have to be a project founder. Um, you know, if you want to just be involved, you want to be a part of a community, if you want to be a content creator, if, if like, you know, whatever is the most appealing thing for you that kind of keeps your drive going. Um, by all means, you know, try to get involved to any capacity. If it's, you know, even if it's not within Foxes, if it's within some other community or, or somebody that's working on trying to build something like there's, there's so much opportunity for people to, to create in the space and to want to be a part of. And, um, you know, just, just have, I mean, ultimately whatever you're interested in doing, a lot of people still work their, normal jobs, you know, 40 hours a week and then do this for fun on the, on the afternoons and weekends or up until one o'clock in the morning or whatever. Um, you know, and, and having that passion and drive, I think is like super, super important for people. It's, it's like the main piece of advice I give when someone says like they want to make a project is I say, well, what are you passionate about? And make sure that that's built into the project, because if it's not, you're going to stop caring about it eventually. It's just a matter of time until it takes for you to get to that realization. Yeah, that makes. I was having a conversation with the guys the other day about that, and it's true. It's the. It was really the sentiment that you don't always need to make a project. Yeah, you can have great ideas. You can be a great founder, but if there's no purpose for that, then then there's just no reason to actually have have a project. But yeah, at the end of the day, do what you like and and give it a shot. It was also the sentiment of just. A lot of people meme around the the fuck around find out, but it's kind of what you it's it's a great place to be able to do that. It sure is. It sure is. Try things and it, out. You know, yeah, and, and and what I would say too is like from an effort standpoint, like what you get out of it is what you put into it. And and like that that's a very important thing. A lot of people, um, you know, I'm not gonna say like they feel entitled, but they 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 wonder why their floor price doesn't pump to a hundred. Uh, they wonder why they don't sell out from a mint or, or, you know, why they're not able to, to grow a community and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, you have to look at the efforts that you're kind of putting into what you're creating. Um, if you're not spending the time, if you're just assuming that it exists there and you, you just build it and they will come, um, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. So uh, that's definitely something that I, I tend to also kind of throw out there to people because a lot of people assume the uh, the founder's lifestyle is is glamorous uh, when it's it's uh, it's quite 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 the contrary. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of uh, there is a sense of sometimes glorification of that of the founder lifestyle and how awesome it must be and the and the Lambos and everything, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's... It's just ironic when it comes from the same people that'll then go, "Why aren't you pumping my floor price? Why aren't my bags yeah. up?" It's like, yeah, yeah, you're the reason it isn't just Lam Lambos and Daisies. Like, come on. Well, I mean, Lam uh, Lambos are always a part of the crypto culture, so Lambos will always exist. 
Um, Fuck but yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> uh, Lambos are part of the fun. <laughs> what would it be otherwise? Exactly. I think the best Lambo meme that I can think of right now was still the Neo Nexus rug when the founder, I swear to God, the founder had posted a picture of him in a Lambo and it was like, Jesus, this is happening. Like after Mint, he got a Lambo and it's like, no, you can't do this. That's but, so funny. I mean, it, it, it's the space we live in. As crazy it is, as it is day on day, day in, day out. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's and it's and it's a lot of fun. Like that that's the other point that I wanted to make earlier to your comment is that um like the space is so vibrant and like because of all these opportunities, like it can be super, super fun. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean time management is a big thing for a lot of people. Um and, and time and, and resource management, I guess time can kind of be should be considered a resource for a lot of people. Um but having said that, I mean like this space it, it moves uh, super fast like warp speed compared to you know more traditional web two careers um you know there's always like fun things popping up like i i spoke at a career day for high schoolers about a month ago um and like you know the, i think two two of the most appealing things to the kids in school um i mentioned that i've been on spaces a couple of times with astrals and they, and they bring shack on so like i've had a chance to talk to shack a couple of times so a lot of people think that that's really cool um, and then the other part of it, you know, is, is the opportunity to be able to like create on, you know, Marmalade, like as a commission marketplace for people, um, or Boombox, you know, if you have a music talent. And so I had like kids asking me like, Oh, what's the web, what's the name of the website where I can sell my art on and stuff like that. And so like, it was just really fun to kind of see like those opportunities and interests from people because, like that's really what it's about from a creator side. Like not not all creators are the same, but the opportunity exists the same for everyone. It's again just however much effort and passion you have to put into it. Yeah, that's awesome. I really I really like the idea of the those people asking where can I actually like use these platforms because I mean how can I not make you happy bullish on mainstream adoption and all that? Yeah, and they and yeah, and they, shout and they, out to. Yeah, they wrote in the comments, like, uh, they're like, I'm going to make a profile on Marmalade, <laughs> you know, which I that's thought was so hilarious. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I'm I'm surprised. I've seen an increasing amount of people from from the NFT space, like, do these kinds of talks. I'm thinking of, like, Brian Jun from Hyperspace who did that. Yeah. There was also Hats who did that recently and. I don't remember where, but he's more on the like one-to-one -one art side. It's really cool. Like I'm, it's it's interesting to know that people like. Are you the one reaching out to talk there, or are people reaching out to you? Yeah. So in that particular instance, one of my good friends is a high school teacher, and so um, they they were doing a career day and and trying to find um, honestly a lot more people that are in like tech careers. And I mean, of course, blockchain falls right into that very well. Um, but, you know, a lot of the other people that were there were like, you know, police officers and and uh, folks are like within the electric utility industry and and teachers and all that kind of fun stuff. But, it, you know, it, it's it's just good to have like that variety. And, and, you know, with what we've created, I mean, there are opportunities here from a career standpoint, there's tons of opportunities from a career standpoint. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously very niche being in the 
NFT space, but anything like blockchain related has just a lot, um, you know, of, of opportunity for folks, you know, for the next generation, essentially, to be part of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ah, it's a, hopefully a bright future. Hopefully. <laughs> Not to like... <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's always it's that side of crypto where you know that it, any day shit could go sideways really fast, and it does. But you know, it's people here have a high risk tolerance. Even when you're playing low risk, it's still crypto. Yeah, it's still such a fast moving space, and. It's part of the fun. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, that, and that unknown, I mean, honestly, like for me, like that unknown is like the most appealing thing. You know, when you when you look at, you know, traditional careers and whatever people are involved in, um, you know, like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, if, if everything, crypto, NFTs, whatever goes completely sideways, which I don't think will ever happen, um, you know, there's always something to fall back on. But it's just, it's just like, so much more fun like there's just so much more to it that meets the eye um compared to just like traditional careers that people will go into um and yeah like you said i mean having the inherent risk of everything going to zero or a million tomorrow um you know is like super fun to be a part of so i'm here so i'm here for it. That it goes to the million <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let's hope it goes there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're early. We're very early. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, I told you two hours. Well, like an hour and a half to two hours. We're at an hour 50. So I think it's a like pretty good place to close it off. Um, one last question. And you might not have an answer to this one because it really depends. It would be... On these spaces, and I know you've done quite a few, right? Is there ever a question that people don't ask or something that people don't address that you'd like to mention just because it like it means a lot to you or really whatever reason? Just something that you don't really get to share that often. Um I don't know. I don't know if I have a I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I mean a lot of people that ask I mean, sometimes people will ask that question, so I've I've given decent answers for it in the past. Um, I mean, maybe one question that people don't usually ask often is like what it's like to work with Foxy Dev and like the rest of the team that we have for Foxes. Um, And I mean, honestly, it's a fucking blast. Like for, for, for Foxes that are in here, like they know, you know, Dev's humor and even the humor for others that are on the team. Um, so like it's it's really fun to be able to just like be yourself when it comes down to communication side, you know, like internally. Like we don't we don't try to be something we're not. Uh, you know, we're very open with each other and opinions and we shit on each other. And, you know, I, I think that's what gives like our relationship as co-founders, like, you know, a lot of major props for the way that we've been able to create the foxes. Um but you know, uh, we are, we are like very like business oriented at its core and, um, you know, try to be like as political as possible and, and make sure like we see things from each other's perspectives for what we're creating and what people are asking of us. So it's, uh, it, it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and I know some people give dev shit, people give me shit, it's perfectly fine. 
um, you know, we're, we're here to take it for sure. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really, really, really fun to be, you know, working with the foxes that we have uh, on our team for famous foxes. That's awesome. I, 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 yeah, I didn't mention, I didn't ask that. And sometimes I do. And like the team chemistry is definitely super important. I was talking about it with Melty from, from Jambo and she was Jambo. Really mentioning that yeah. there's, yeah. She was talking about how like that group is the group of founders is people that they've always been working with and that it just helps, helps you go that much further, which is really cool. Yeah. Have you yeah, had the and, chance and... to meet the team IRL? Uh, I've had the chance. So recently I've met Brink. Uh, I have not met Foxy Dev IRL. Uh, he, he lives halfway across the world. Um, but I've met, I've met Munz. I've met like a plethora of foxes. I'm trying to think if like from our actual core team, I, I almost met, uh, Requiem too. I didn't realize like where he lives compared to when, when we did a road trip, but we drove basically right past him. Um, and I'd love to meet Gway. Uh, you know, I, there, there's a lot of people that I'd love to meet, just haven't had the chance to. Uh, and I do have like a 21 month old and a second baby on the way. So traveling is a, a little bit logistically challenging, but I'm very much forward looking to NFT NYC next week, uh, the event that we have planned and all of the people so far that have registered for it or that are interested in coming um, that we're hopefully able to make capacity for. But uh, but yeah, I haven't met the the whole team yet. Um, we should probably do like some kind of a fox retreat or something. Although I'm pretty sure some people won't come to it, but um, but I still think it'd be pretty a pretty cool idea to do if people are interested. Could be fun. Okay. Could be fun. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, so on that note, uh, typically to end it off, like a great time for you to shout anything out, whether it's the foxes or just a thought on your mind, really anything. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I appreciate you for having me on here. Uh, you know, been a great host. Uh, love the show. Um, you know, honestly, didn't realize <laughs> didn't realize that we've cooked almost two hours. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to the foxes and showing up every day. Uh, you know, we, we love the support and everything you guys do. Uh, Shit posting does not go unnoticed, and uh, <laughs> you know, just just having fun in general. And then yeah, from like our actual platform standpoint um citrus we recently added in like a pro mode and and a, and a, um, a novice mode if you will like a more simplistic look to it so if people are too overwhelmed by all the complicated pieces we have uh, we've added in a more simpler ui uh, if you're so inclined to uh, to use a simpler model but um yeah actually right after this space in a few minutes uh, i'm going to be drawing our bi-monthly raffler raffle so we um, consider all the volume that comes in from the platform. We allocate a portion of that to prizes. Uh, so we're going to be giving out about 430 soul worth of prizes for the raffler raffle. And um, we have a citrus raffle as well, which again is based off of volume that people are doing on that platform, uh, which is about 160 soul. So we're giving out about 600 soul worth of prizes uh, in just a few minutes, which I'm pretty stoked for. Uh, and we, we do that. We do that pretty often. Um, but yeah, just uh, really appreciate everyone and appreciate you again for uh, having us on here. Sounds like fun. I mean, I was really happy to have you on. So like, it was, it was really great. And yeah, um, yeah, podcasts. Actually, this is probably going to be the last one for like a week or two as I try to figure things out, uh, maybe improve it, change it up a bit. Um, for those of you who are listening, you can claim the NFT by 
adding your address. I'll have it sent in like the next 24 hours. Drax, thanks a lot for being here once again. And yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you. Um, I might have to get a fox finally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you should. I, I, I think might you have should. to happen. I need to find a nice one. I want to find one that I like. Yeah. Just to what, try. what I would say, yeah. yeah. What I would say is, if you hunt around for a fox, like definitely jump in our Discord. Foxes will help you out pick one. Um, but we do okay. have a fame lead, a fame leaderboard that will show you like the different levels uh, yeah. and things for foxes because that that does kind of take into consideration a little bit for the price action too for them. So definitely worth checking that out. Okay, one hundred percent. I'll do that then. Thanks a lot right, for thanks being for here. Thanks for having us on, Pedro. And uh, yeah, see you later. See ya.